This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Does anyone in this room know when water was created? Water was not created in, in any of the parshas that we have. It was created before the world. Bereshis bara, Elohim, right? In the beginning, Hashem created the sky, the land. Did he, really, did he really create the land? Right, he didn't really create the land. The land was under the ocean, right? So the land was here also before creation. Water was. What? It has to be created at some point. Right, before this creation. According to the Zayah, there were, I believe, 120,000 worlds before this one. So, this world, for some reason, was non-existent anymore. It might have been pre-existed, but it didn't exist. I'm talking about from, from our five books, from what we know, 5,000, right? Um, 800, what if, uh, 5,782. That's what we're up to. Um, well, the land was void, was dark. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. Didn't create water. It was the same way He created water. Right? He are. He did create light. Because before He created light, it was sort of brown. The world was brown. So, water was created before the world. The land that was underneath the water was here before the world. It was the whole world was water. Underneath was land. What else that is essential? I know you never learned this in high school, and you never learned this in elementary school. And I'm always shocked because I ask people who are older teachers, and I ask them, "When was water created?" They say the second day. I'm like, "No, there's nowhere." What is essential to a human being? That it doesn't talk about it at all. Air. Air. When was air created? First day. Doesn't say air. <laughs> what? I don't know. We don't breathe helium. <laughs> uh, if you do breathe helium, by the way, you sound very squeaky. <laughs> no, but helium is like I don't. I, I don't. I, could be the Rambam says that, but in the Chumash, right? It doesn't say anything about air. Doesn't talk, it says Ruach Elohim or Achefas, but Ruach is, is a spirit. So it seems to be that there was air, there was water, there was land underneath the earth, underneath the water. It was all here already. So the essential ingredients of the earth was here. But what Hashem did is He took the potential water, ground, air, and then He used it. He separated, He planted in it. He created humans from it, animals from it, plants from it, trees from it, grass from it, and all these other things. What does a human being learn from this? That the essentials... Oh, uh, yes, what do you want to say? I didn't see you all in the back. We all have it in, like, Sometimes you've got to separate stuff. Sometimes you've got to plant stuff. Sometimes you've got to put stuff together. And that's what it says in Chazal that every human being is a world. Every person is a world. Every person has potential. Yeah, sometimes you got to put stuff together. Sometimes on the third day you have to separate things to make things work. But every single human being has the essentials and that was in the world. The essentials were in the world. Hashem just had to separate and plant and grow and make things happen. But <coughs> earth was here, water was here, and, and air was here. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Let's see what's happening. Let's go through, let's go through all the days. Okay, let's go through all the days. He brought me a little chumash, so we're going to have to go page by page. It was empty. So the first day, Hashem saw... The human being needs light. So, 
It's a very fascinating question. It, it, you could spend like, and, and and I don't know why in school they don't do this. They don't teach this. This is so, this is so important. So one second, it says So so in the beginning, it was sort of dark. It was like muddy. It was like brown. Now Hashem created. He separated. And he called the R Yom and the Laila Choshech. So what's the R? What's the R that it says Yom Alekim He R? There seems to be a new creation of light, not just separating the light and the dark, like taking brown and separating the white and the black. So what's this new creation of light? Like what did you do? You took brown and separated it, and half became light, half became dark, or did you create some kind of new light? And did you create a darkness. In other words, was it just a separation? You took brown, you took the white out, became light. You took the, the, the black out, became night. Or are they real? Or, or it's not just separation, but it's creation. No. If you take brown. No, is this the creation of the universe? What? It says Hashem created, Hashem created light. Right? And He separated it. But... In the beginning of creation, when the world was Sayu the world was brown. Say brown. But if you go in the beginning, it says it was Chayshech It was sort of it was sort of dark, and then Hashem separated the light and the dark. So there is a bria, there is a, a creation of light that separate. That's not the separation of light and dark. So there's two things that happened here on the first day. You had something, let's say you had brown, so Hashem separated it. So now you had light and dark, okay, fine. Was the moon and the sun created yet? No, so how'd you have light? What created the light? Hmm. Hmm, I went through high school and elementary school like, hmm. Yeah. The light that was that light was there, and he made a sun out of it. There's a million suns in the world. The sun that was initially created on the third day, Hashem took the light from the original source and made whatever. So there is a different light that you need to know about that has nothing to do with the sun. When Hashem created the world. He separated the light and dark, that's what we know about, but he also created a special light. And that light, in that light, it's called the hidden light, in that light, nothing dies. There's no rotting, there's no aging, there's nothing. And Hashem wanted us to live in that light, you'd live forever. He wanted us to live in that light. Now, this light is very, is very deep, what I'm going to tell you now, because now that light is called the Ar Haganos, the light that was hidden, because he saw, Hashem, that the Rishayim, the bad people, would also live forever in that light, and not rot, and not die, and there'd be no death in the world. And if the bad people would live forever, they would do bad forever, now, I don't understand, and we're, I'm going to ask you a question, it's going to get into your head, I really maybe, that's why they don't let me talk in certain schools, because they don't want you to open up your brains, and they're scared, but I'm not scared, because like, there was once a Spaciaco principal who said, Rabbi, we love you, we listen to your speeches, but you can't come to, you can't talk in my school, you can't talk in our school, I'm like, why not, like, um, I don't even have a smartphone, and she said, because when you speak, you cause kids to ask questions. And, and, and we don't want our kids to ask, to ask questions. So I, said, do you, so I said, do you, no, no. So I said, do you, do, you, do you teach Rashi? She said, of course we teach Rashi. I'm like, every second Rashi asks a question. <laughs> Hello? Right? So, so listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. And I'm not even going to give you an answer. I will give you an answer. See, because as a kid, I asked these questions. And I didn't get answers. But Baruch Hashem, I learned, and, I, and the, the answers are there. What does it mean? He made a mistake? 
he created a light, creating a light, that everything should live forever and not rot. Oh! Bad people! They're not going to die! I'm going to take that light now, I'm going to hide it. So, so you made a mistake. You made a mistake. You created something and then you changed your mind. Can God change his mind? Can he make a mistake? The Aragonas is hidden until Mashiach comes. Does anyone here know when, you know, how many hours, how many hours was this light on the world until Hashem hid it? You all know the answer. When they said? No, because on the third day, Hashem created the sun and the moon and said, that light, we can't use that light anymore. I'm going to create a light that, that you do rot. So it lasted for 48 hours, two days. When do you get those 48 hours? When do you get those 48 hours back every single year? How many candles are on Hanukkah? 48 candles. Count. First day is one. Second day is two, is three. If you count them up, you'll see that it's, it's 48. This is very complex. It's, it's brought, these are all brought down its farm. So there are 48 candles of Hanukkah bring back the Arhaganas. But my question still is, one second, on the third day you woke up Hashem and said, uh-oh, this doesn't work what I did. Um, let me hide it. It gets worse. It gets worse. The end of... Oh, people on tour anytime are going to like this. Like Rabbi Wallstein, what are you doing? Um, but but you've got to ask this question because... Because you've got to ask this question because this is really hard to understand. So, so at the end of Pashmurash, everyone's sinning, right? Everyone's doing bad stuff, really bad stuff, crazy bad stuff. The courts of the world are, are allowing men to marry men, and, and in Pashmurash, the Medrash says, that's why Hashem destroyed it. It was totally out of control. Right? Pasik hey, Perik Vav, Maftir. Pasha Bereshis. Vayah Hashem ki rabba roa sa'adam ba'aretz. Hashem saw there's a lot of bad going on. People are bad. V'chol yeitzim machshav is libe rak rak kol ayom. All day long, people are just thinking about how to do bad stuff. You see all these guys that came up with with the internet and WhatsApp and all this other stuff. That's what they were doing. They were coming up with ideas of how to do bad stuff. It's not something new. Vayinachem Hashem ki Adam ba'aretz. And Hashem, Hashem had remorse, felt bad that he created the human being. What, you made a mistake? What, you felt bad? It bothered him. It bothered him that the human being fell in such a, such a, such a, such a, such a, a long way. Well, how could that be? But Yomer, Hashem, Emches Adam, I'm going to destroy. Listen to this pasuk, last second to last pasuk in Bereshit. I'm going to destroy the human being. I should barosim al pene adama that I created on the earth. Adam at the hemah, humans, animals, remesh, bugs, um, things that crawl. Oif Hashemayim, I'm going to kill all the birds. Kinichanti, because I feel bad. Kiasisim, I created them. God had regret that he created a human being. How could God have regret that he created a human being? So you're saying to me you made a mistake? You made a mistake? God can make a mistake? You didn't know they were going to do bad? You made a mistake? You created 48 hours of light and said, eh, change my mind. What's going on here? How do you deal with this if that's Hashem? You ready for a blowout answer? Does anyone in this room have an answer to this? This is like a crazy question. Can God make a mistake? He, he Twice now, he said he created this light, and he's like, meh, it's not going to work, bad people. Then he's like, I wish I wouldn't have created man, they're so bad. What do you mean you wish you didn't create man? Like, you're saying you made a mistake. I regret. If I say, I regret I opened up, I, I regret I opened up the seminary. That means I made a mistake by, op- by opening up a seminary. That's what Hashem said. Kini chamti. Yes. At the end of the day, what? No, but let's go- that's the people. So Hashem, what, Hashem has bechira to make a mistake. Like, what does it mean? People have, 
it's not his fault they did bad. Don't get me wrong. But now he's saying, you know what? I shouldn't have created them. What? And what, what do you mean? What do you mean? You you created the light and then said, no, I changed my mind because bad people are going to use it also. He, Hashem doesn't make mistakes. I have such an answer. It took me till about five years ago. A big tzaddik told me this answer. It blew me away. This bothered me my whole life. Bothered me my whole life. Like, like God is perfection. He doesn't make mistakes. I make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. If one of you could come up with this answer, then it would be amazing. It's such a crazy answer. It's right in your face and you... I didn't, I, I'm telling you, my, all my life I'm looking for this answer. Yeah. It's not like a little crazy, whatever. It's, um, it's not crazy, it's just like. Mind, maybe he wants us to do good so we can look forward to that, right? But how could he, he but how could he say after two days, man, I gotta hide it till Mashiach comes? Well, then don't create it, we'll, we'll create it when Mashiach comes. Like, what do you. That's not, that's not a change of. Because Hashem, you ready for this? Had to create in the world mistake. (laughs) He had to create in the world mistake. Otherwise, nobody could ever make a mistake. And if you can't make a mistake, then you don't have the chira. Because if I can't make a mistake, means I don't have choice. Means I always have to take, I always have to do the right thing. I always have to choose the right thing, because there's no such thing as a mistake. So there's no Bechira. If there's no Bechira, I'm not a human being. Then the whole creation is for nothing. So he created mistake. He created change of mind. Threw me out the door. It's in your face, the answer, but it's not normal. Because if there was no mistake, would mean that you have to do the right thing all the time. You're not going to make a mistake. So if you have to do the right thing the whole time, then you don't have Bechira. If you don't have Bechira, you're not a human being. Then the whole creation is not, is not needed. So he created a light, and then he said, yeah, but the light's not good because the bad people, so that we could do the same thing. He created something where you can regret. Regret didn't exist in the world. There was no regret. So he created regret. Because if you don't regret, you'll never do tshuva. So the end of the Pasha created regret, and the beginning of the Pasha, the second day, he created change of mind. Amazing. For that alone, it was worth coming to seminary. You don't have to come the rest of the year. And you go home, and nothing against your parents or your father or your brother who's in yeshiva for the last 30 years, and you'll ask him this question, and you'll, you'll and, and then when you tell him the answer, they'll be like, huh? Because the, the answer, you'd think, be deep, Kabbalistic answer. It's not a deep, Kabbalistic answer at all. Amazing. Okay, anyway. So, so and, and this is very important because they want me to talk about coming to seminary and using it to the to the utmost and not wasting your year. Hello. Everybody has the ingredients. It's all here. The air was here, the water was here, the earth was here. You just have to use it. Put it together, separate whatever it is. You just have to use it for the right reason. And this is not even my share today. We, we didn't even get to my share yet. It isn't. It isn't. It's just uh, it's just something that you need to know the answer to. But it's not it's not my main point that I want to get to. My main point that I want to get to is the following. Noach, I have to be very careful because Noach, Noach was an is tzaddik. I mean, I'm sure next week we'll continue because there's, there was so much in 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 Bereshis that that it's not in every single pasuk. It's not normal, but anyway. So it says Noach is tzaddik. So you have to be careful when you talk bad or you know critical on Noach. So I'm just I'm going to quote. Rashi. So Noah can't come after me. But Rashi says the following. Everyone know, every, this you all learned. Ela told us Noah. Noah is tzaddik. These are the children of Noah. Noah was a tzaddik. Plus he doesn't tell us who his children are. It says these are the children of Noah. Then doesn't tell me who Shem Chamin Yafes. It says these are the children of Noah. Noah was a tzaddik. 
Rashi says, well, who's the real children of a person? You're, you're my simtoyvim, you're mitzvahs. That's why it doesn't say. But anyway, it says, Ish tzaddik tamim He was a tzaddik in his generation. Why doesn't it just say he was a tzaddik? What's the, in his generation? So Rashi says, if he would have lived in the time of Avram, he would have been a nobody. Why? Because Avram saved the world. He didn't save nobody. He saved his family, but he didn't save the world. He didn't save anyone else. Right? So if you look in, if you look in Rashi, B'day Reisov, some rabbis say, no, it's telling us, even in his generation where they were so bad, he was still a tzaddik, so that's a praise, right? He was surrounded by Rishon, he was the only good guy, and they didn't get him, they didn't take him down. That's a shvach. Or as he says, some people say, no, it wasn't good. In his door, compared to all, the, compared to all these Rishon, He's a tzaddik, but if he would have been in the door of Avram, well, he wouldn't, listen to what Rashi says, not he wouldn't be a tzaddik, he would be nothing. Rashi says. Nechshav klum. That Avram in Noach's time. That if Noach lived in Avram's time, he would be nobody. Compared to all these bad people, okay, yeah, everyone in the class got 60s, he got a 65, yay! You know? But if he would have lived in Avram, with hundreds, he would be a nobody. Not a, he doesn't say nobody. He wouldn't be considered anything. He didn't say he'd be a Russia. He wouldn't be considered anything. As the Sitzchachamim, Heich Doshin Lignai. How could they, why do they want to say bad stuff? He was a Tzaddik. Right? He said because he didn't help the other people. If he Gemurim, and they were, because they were very, very bad, and he wasn't Makar of them. So he wasn't Makar of them, so therefore, in the times of Avram, who was the biggest guy in Kirov, he, 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 being a tzaddik for yourself, being a tzaddik for yourself is not what, not what Hashem wants. He wants you to help others. That's what he wants. Yes? I don't hear you. Um, I know everything the Torah says for a reason, so obviously there's something behind it, but it's not what you're No, because it's for a, a purpose to teach us that you think you're a big tzaddik, but if you don't help anyone else, you're not a tzaddik. We learned this, by the way, very interesting, from the Arba Minim, from the Arba Minim in, um, on, on, on Sukkot. There are four Minim, right? There's an Esrig, Alulav, Hadassim, Myrtle, and Arabos. You know what I'm talking about. You know the four of them. Okay. Each one represents a different kind of Jew. The Estrig represents a Tzaddik. Why? Because the outside of the Estrig has a beautiful smell, and the inside of the Estrig has a beautiful, a good taste. So the Tzaddik, on the outside, he's good, and on the inside, he's good. That's the Estrig. The Lulav comes from, anyone know what kind of tree? A palm tree. A palm tree, date tree, where dates grow. So, the, the outside has fruit. The outside's good, the inside has nothing. It's no taste, no smell. So that's the person who, on the outside he's a, he's a good person, but inside he's not so good. That represents that kind of person. So you have a person who's inside, outside good, and you have a person on the outside, they look good, but on the inside they're not so good. Then you have the person who on the inside is good, on the outside they don't look so good. And that's the Hadassim. Because if you take the myrtle leaf and you crush it, if you look at if you smell it, it has no smell. But if you crush it, it has an amazing smell. So the outside, yeah, you look at this person now, I don't think she's such a good girl, but inside she's a Sadeka stuff. And then you have the, the Arava, right, which is the, the, is, is the Russia. Doesn't have a smell, doesn't have a taste, crush it all you want, it's no good inside, no good outside. Four kind of Jews. One Jew is inside, outside good. One Jew is inside, outside, no good. One Jew outside is good, but inside is no good. One Jew is inside, good, but outside is no good. Four kinds of Jews. Okay? The way you hold your lulav in one hand is you have three together. The lulav's in the middle. On the right-hand side is the, is the hadasim. On the left-hand side is the arava, the rasha. The one that's not good in or out. That's the rasha. The arava has to touch the esrig. That's how you hold them together. Why? Because the Esrig is a Tzaddik. But the Tzaddik's in the hand by itself. 
you're not a tzaddik if you're by yourself. You're only a tzaddik if you touch the rasha and you help him. So that's why they have to touch each other. That's a, a, a Kabbalistic thing that's written all over the place. So you have to hold them together. So being a tzaddik by yourself is not what Hashem wants. He wants you to be a tzaddik so that you can help others. Noach didn't help others. He saved his family. He saved his wife. He saved his kids. He saved the animals, which Hashem told him he had no choice. But the rest of the world, he did not save. But, the Torah starts off with, this is very, very important, that he was a tzaddik. He was a tzaddik. Now, the world gets totally destroyed, and Noah's in the Teva, and he comes out of the Teva. I don't think any one of us could even understand. No friends, no buildings. Every human being in the world is gone. Just his kids and his wife there's no other human beings in the world and he realized that he was saved but the whole world was destroyed he has no friends he has no cities he has no communications he has no transportation he has nothing there's a famous story right this guy fell asleep for 70 years he woke up he didn't know anyone. he went back to his town he didn't know anyone he said to Hashem either give me someone I know or kill me very lonely if you wake up 70 years later, you don't know anybody, right? So, so he comes out of the Teva. Comes out of the Teva. The world is desolate. He had a very good, re- good reason to be depressed. He was depressed. He's actually the first person that was depressed. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, so his first move was an amazing move. Good move. What did he do? He comes out and he realized that Hashem saved his kids and his family. Noah comes out with his kids, Ishtai. And he comes out with his wife, Unashebanov, and his two daughter-in-laws. Three daughter-in-laws, he had three boys. Kolchaya, all the animals, birds. So, so far he's a tzaddik. He builds a mizbeach for Hashem. He takes from all the kosher animals and all the kosher birds. And he brings them on the mizbeach as karbonos, sacrifices to thank Hashem. By the way, until this point we weren't allowed to eat meat. We were vegetarians. Adam was a vegetarian. But now he was allowed to eat meat. After he brought the Kobanos. Anyway, it was a reich nichoach to Hashem. Um, and Hashem said, um, The earth is not going to be, it's not going to be cursed anymore. Hashem benched them. Puruvu. She had a lot of children. Right? Everything is going really well. To the point, to the point, that Hashem says, I'm going to make um, a bris, and I'm never going to bring a marble, I'm going to bring a, a rainbow, and I'm never going to bring a marble again on the earth. Okay? I'll tell you a fantastic story about a rainbow, but we'll, we'll get to that at the end. Okay, it's Kashi Nasamba Anan. So, so far, girls, Noah is doing everything perfect. Comes out of the Teva, brings a carbon to Hashem. Hashem says, because you brought me a carbon, I'm gonna, I realize that human beings could be good, and I'm going to make a kashti, I'm gonna make a, a, a rainbow. And that's gonna be a proof that I will keep my promise, and that's why if you see a rainbow, you're not supposed to tell anyone, because it means Hashem's really angry, and we make a bracha, on the rainbow, that Hashem remembered his bris and that he won't destroy the world with water. Doesn't say he won't destroy the world, he said he won't destroy the world with water. Okay. Now he makes the big mistake. So, he comes out of the Teva, Vayochel Noach Ishra Dhamma. One second, that's not what you called Noach. In the beginning you said Noach Ish Sadek. 
You called him an Itzadik. Now he went from an Itzadik to a man of the dirt. What did he do wrong to fall on such a long way? Itzadik to Ishadama. What could take a human being from Tzadikistan in seminary to make you a piece of earth? How could someone fall? Well, what happened? What did he do? I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what he did. He made a huge mistake. Vayitar Kerem. What was his mistake, girls? What did he do so bad? He planted a? A vineyard. A vineyard. So bad? He bowed down to an idol? Killed somebody? What did he do? So this is something I talk about and I get a lot of pushback online because people don't like it. I don't care <laughs> if people like it or not. And that is, don't be a victim, be a victor. And no matter what you go through in life, you got to pick yourself up and not give up and go forward. Doesn't mean the person who hurt you, they should get punished. Hashem will punish them. But you, you cannot be a victim. In the Holocaust, there were victims and there were survivors. Victims married out of the religion, killed themselves, whatever they went through. And nobody could judge what they went through. Nobody could judge them. But they're survivors. Our grandparents and great-grandparents who came to America, the whole Jewish world today are, are from the survivors of the Holocaust. Noah decided to become a victim. A victim. How am I going to handle this? The whole world's destroyed. I'm my friends. Look what happened. I got to plant not tomatoes and cucumbers and wheat and corn and build and do irrigation ditches and rivers and, and water and electricity. No. I am depressed. I got to get drunk. I got to do my drugs. I got to be depressed in my bed. Look what happened to me, Hashem. So the first thing he did after he brought his carbon is, I need wine. So Hashem, that's, that's your reaction to being the only one that made it? That's your reaction? That you're going to get drunk? Instead of you're the only one who made it, if you're the one who made it, you have to build the world. Not lay in your bed drunk. You're no longer an Ishsadik. You're just a Dhamma. Now what's a Dhamma? Why are we called Adam? Adam is potential. Why, why are we called Adama? Because earth has the most potential. Whatever you put into the earth comes out. You put a tomato seed, you got a tomato. You put an apple seed, you got an apple tree. Every, the, the Adama makes things grow. Corn, whatever you put in there is going to grow. Watermelon, whatever it is. Adama has potential. A human being is called an Adam, whether you're a male or a female, makes no difference. Because you're female, then we don't call you Adama. Okay? You're called Adam, right? A human being is Adam because male and female is like the earth. Every single person has amazing, amazing potential. So he over here, Shem said, you're an Isha Dhamma, what's going on? What's with the, what's with the vineyard? Wait till you hear the Medjish Tanchuma on this, the crazy Medjish Tanchuma. She said, no, I, I can't deal with this stuff, man. I gotta get, I gotta get blitzed. They didn't have yet scotch and, 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 and bourbon and marijuana and all the other stuff. Maybe they did, I don't think so yet. This plant, at this point, nothing grew. A little bit it grew, but whatever. So he's like, okay, one second, I'm gonna eat the Karen. Now, it's an interesting, right, so the interesting thing is that this vineyard, the Medrash says, Adam had brought from Ganeiden, and anything in Ganeiden, the minute you planted it, it grew to fruition right away. So by Yitah Kerem, he planted it. By Yeshmanayayin, he already drank from the wine. By Yishkar, became drunk. By Yishkar, and he was drunk, and he was laying without a stitch of clothes, walking around in his room. He was blitzed out, man. Blitzed out. And his kid's like, uh, dad's not wearing anything? What, what do we do? So, Chum, Chum was the one that saw 
that his father, he walked into the room, he's like, he's drunk, he's like, not dressed, nothing. So Chum came out to his brothers, hey, check it out! Yeah, that was Chum. Check it out, you gotta see dad, he's not wearing nothing. What happened? So the two brothers, Shame and Yaffa said, no, no, that's not, you're not allowed to see, you're not allowed to see your father not dressed. So they took a, a, a blanket, and they, they didn't walk in forward, they walked in backwards. And they dropped the blanket on their father, and, and then, then they could turn around, they never saw their father not dressed. Chum thought it was like amazing. It was very funny. He got punished. We're not going to say what he got punished because it's not going to be good on Torah anytime to be out there. But whatever you know, you know. Whatever you don't know, you can look in the Chumash. But he got severely punished from him. Came Amalek and Canaan and all the bad, all the bad people um, came from him and the, and cursed, cursed people. And um, yeah, so so because he got drunk, Noah, he caused this to happen to his child. He also caused. Some severe, severe, severe things to happen to him. Um, the Medrash says that Chum made sure that his father could never have children again. Because Chum thought that after the Teva, that he would get, that they would divide everything in three when the father would die. And then he thought his father was going to have a lot more children and he didn't want to divide it with more people. So he hurt his father very badly, that his father couldn't have children. So it's not, it's not a simple thing what happened over here. And it all happened because he got drunk. Because he, he became a victim. He got drunk. So, um, so the Pasuk says, Vayacham aviknan es ervas aviv. Chum saw his father not dressed. Vayaged lishnei echel bachutz. He ran out to tell his two brothers. Vayikach shem v'yofes es asimla. They took clothing or a blanket. Vayasimo al shechem. They put it on their shoulders. Vayechu acharonis. They went backwards. Vayichasu es ervas aviyem. And they covered their father. Upnei macharonis. And the Pasuk goes through a whole thing here. And their faces were backwards. And they didn't see their... They didn't see... I'm going to tell you something very amazing here. They didn't see their fathers not being dressed. Says the next Pasuk. What a lesson. Oh, if people would only listen to this Pasuk. And Noach became sober. Right? He woke up. And he found out um, what he did, his son did to him. Both that he can't have children and that he looked at him not dressed. And he said, He cursed his own child. He cursed, he cursed his own child, Chum. In the end, in the end, because he drank wine and because he went into his own pain and because he became a victim and because instead of worrying about helping the world, he was worried about his stuff, he ended up cursing his own child. That's how far it can go. It's a very big lesson. Look what happened. So, Again, I'm not judging anyone who's a victim. I'm not judging anyone who is depressed or any of that stuff. It's not a judgment call here. There's no judgment here. But you need to look at the consequences. You, look, you need to look at the consequences of, of both sides. What does Rashi say? Why Avram? Why not? If Noah would have lived in Yitzchak's time, he would have been a nobody. If Noah would have lived in Yaakov's time, he would have been a nobody. If Noah would have lived in Moshe Rabbeinu's time, he would have been a nobody. Why Avram? Because Avram Avinu was a huge victim. Avram Avinu's father took him and threw him into a furnace of fire to burn him alive, his own father. So he had a reason also to plant a vineyard and get drunk. But he didn't. All he did was Go around and tell the world about God. And that there's a God in the world and everything has a reason. So specifically, Avraham, who was the number one person spreading around the world that there's only one God and not feeling sorry for himself with everything that he went through, 
specifically Avraham Avinu, was to teach us Noach, if you would have lived in his time, look what you did. You planted a, a, a vineyard to get yourself drunk. Look what happened from that. You cursed your own kid. Look what could happen. You could curse your own child. Look what Avraham Avinu did. Just the opposite. So that that's a crazy important lesson. Again, it's not a question of blame. It's a question of what's going to be the consequence of your action. Now, listen to this medrash. And then we'll end. I'm not going to have time for my story, but we're going to end with... See, that clock says a quarter to two for the last who knows how what. I'm just looking at that clock like, wow. Stories are, stories are moving very slow. This is... Actually, I said this once somewhere, and they wouldn't let me talk there again. It's like 10 years, 10 years ago. They won't let me talk. I went to a shul where a lot of the guys drink. They get drunk on Shabbos, and they asked me to speak on a Thursday night, and I, I read this medrash, and they never called me back. <laughs> and you're going to hear why. It says the medrash, if you want to look it up, it's a medrash Tanchuma, in Pashas Noach, Simon Yud Gimel. Vayachal Noach Ish Adama. It bothers the medrash, why was Noach from Ish Sadi became an Ish Adama? Because he became busy with the ground. What does that mean? He used to be a perfect tzaddik. Now he's a man of the earth. Because he planted a he planted a vineyard. So he says the following story. Interesting story. He created a vineyard in the end he became very embarrassed what happened he drank from the wine like you said he planted the vine on that day it already grew on that day grapes on that day he um, he reaped it he um, harvested it he stamped on it to make it juice. Boy, Yom Shas, it became wine. Boy, Yom Nishtakia, that day became, that day he became drunk. Boy, Yom on that day his shame was revealed. Listen to this amazing Medrash girls. What happened? So now it comes out of the table, I'm depressed, I'm, I can't deal with this, I, I, I gotta do something. Again, I'm saying I am not judging anyone who is depressed, who gets depressed. I'm just trying to advise you to do whatever you can to fight it and to try to be a survivor and to go forward. What happens? When a person is depressed, when Noah is depressed, who shows up? Who shows up right away? Baha Satan. The Yitzhahara shows up. Ah, you're depressed? I'm here. Let's party, man. Yeah, Satan's here. Let's party. Smoke up. Amalau. Matanotea. Now the Satan's a malach. He knew everything. He asks him, What are you planting? He asks Noah, What are you planting? Amalau. Noah says, Kerem. A vineyard. Amalamativo. The Satan says, what good is that going to do you? I'm alone. Oh, Satan, you don't know, man. You never try this stuff. Grapes? They're sweet. Whether they're moist or raisins or dried. Satan's like, okay, that's not what this is all about. You don't want a bunch of grapes. No, 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 no. And you know what you can do with grapes, Satan? You can make wine. This was the turning point. He told the Satan that wine makes you happy. Girls, does wine make you happy? Wine doesn't make you happy. Helping people makes you happy. Doing mitzvahs makes you happy. 
but wine does not make you happy. Wine makes you maybe anesthetic, that you don't feel your pain. But he told the Sultan, no, 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 no. Wine makes you happy. It says in Wine makes the broken person gladdens the heart of a man. Right? Okay. Amalal, Satan, the Satan says, one second, that's my business, man. I'm into movies, non-Jewish music, whatever makes you happy. I'm into happy. Internet makes you happy. I'm into happy. Hold on. I want to be a partner. I'm reading your medrash. If you got something that makes you happy, Satan says, I want to be your partner. Okay, now, imagine girls, if you get the Sutton as your partner, man, you're going to sell that stuff. That's going to fly. That's going to fly. Because whatever he's a partner in, he knows what he's doing. Amalo. Okay. Lechayim. It's the first time. So, Noach says to the Sutton, deal. Lechayim. You hear? First Lechayim ever made, if someone ever asks you was between Noach and the Satan. Clink, clink. The two glasses went. Clink, clink. L'chaim. Ma'azah Satan. What did the Satan do? Satan said, okay, one second. I'm going to put stuff into this wine that's going to do a lot more than make you happy. Heavy Kevesh, he brought a lamb. Baharagai. And the Satan killed the lamb. Tachas HaGefen. Underneath the vine. And he let the blood of the lamb feed the vine. Achakach heviari, he brought a lion. Haragai, he killed the lion. For him to kill a lion, he's a satan. And he let the blood of the lion feed the vine. Achakach hevi chazir, he brought a pig. Haragai, he killed it and he let the blood feed the vine. Achakach hevi kaif, he brought a monkey. It's a medrash, not Rabbi Wallace. I couldn't even make this stuff up. Right? Vaharagai, and he killed the monkey. And he let the blood, Vetivu Daman, Karen, he let the blood flow of all these four animals into, into the vine, Vihishkuhu Midimehem. And he let the vine drink from the blood. And nourished it from their blood. What's up with this? Why, why couldn't you just like, pour some water? Like, what's with the blood? So here's what happens. This is why he did it. So he says the following. I want you know, I read this in shul to these guys who were drinking. That was the last time. It's like 15 years ago. After this, they did not invite me. Ramazloi, the Sultan wanted to show Noah the power of alcohol. He said the following. Before you drink, you're like a lamb. Quiet. You don't know nothing. Some people have a very hard time socializing until they get a little bit buzzed, right? So you're like a lamb. He says like, like a, a sheep before you take its wool. It's quiet. Now, Shasaka Hagen. But when you start to drink a lot, you get drunk and you start standing on a table and saying, I'm a lion! I can do anything! Yeah, yeah. I happen to have friends that normally they're very quiet. When they get high, you know, drinking on Shabbos, they're like, different people. They're like, I got an opinion! I'm like, whoa, you never had any like, You know, like, they talk, they're socializing, they're like, wow, different people. They ain't come smile They think of themselves as no one else like me. Okay, that's a certain level. But now they really get drunk. Right? They, because once you start, you get to some point of drinking, you don't realize you're drinking anymore. Everyone else is giving you drinks. And you don't even realize anymore. See that? So he says, now the guy's really drinking. Nasa You become like a pig. You make in your pants. Like a pig, you're out of control. You can't control yourself going to the bathroom. You don't make it to the bathroom. So you, you make one and two into your pants. I'm reading you, I'm reading you, uh, I'm reading you a, a medjish tanchuma. 
Okay, this guy's pretty wasted, right? Nishtaka, he continues to drink. Nasikikais, you become a monkey. Oimer, you stand on tables. Umarake, you begin to dance. You start to curse. It's amazing. Mamish, what happens? Mamish, what happens? You don't even know what's going on. You black out. So the the the, the Sultan said, it's not good enough just to make you happy. I am going to be your partner. I'm going to put stuff in this alcohol that you can end up jumping on a table like a monkey, making in your pants, being an Ari. Because he wa- he wanted to be his partner in this. He didn't want it just to be like make you a little happy. And Noach took him as a partner. And Noach liked the idea. He's, he's, and he he's... did it. That's what happened to Noach Hatzadik. That's what happened to him. He was jumping around without any clothing. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Hatzadik Shakarish Baruch Hu Perish Vachais of the Medrash. And if this could happen, and this is why they never called me back. And if this could happen to Noah, if this could happen to Noah to become drunk, drugs, all this stuff to get high and to lose control of themselves, could happen to Noah. That God called him a tzaddik. All the more so could this happen to any other person. That's when a person is worried about his pain and doing anesthesia not to feel it anymore. What Noah should have done, what Noah should have done, is to say, Hashem, you didn't save me from the whole world to become a drunk. So when a person goes through trauma and tragedy, they could look at two things. And we'll end with this. They could look at two things. They could look at the trauma and the tragedy, and it could depress them, and normally does, and struggle through life. Or they could look at, I made it through the tra- I made it through the tragedy, I made it through the trauma, and I'm still alive. What can I do with it to help the rest of the world? That was his choice. Coming out of the table and saying, I made it through this trauma and tragedy. The whole world got destroyed. What can I do to make the world better? Or I got I look at the tragedy, look at the pain I'm in, I gotta get drunk, I gotta get blitzed, I gotta make a vineyard. Those are the two choices. Avram Avinu made one choice, he changed the whole world, and he made the other choice. When Hashem said that I'm gonna destroy Sidom, Avram Avinu said 50, kids, 50 good, 40 good, 30 good, 20 good, 20. please Hashem, don't destroy them. If you find 10, would you save them? He fought and fought and fought and fought and said, you have to save Saddam. It was only one city, two cities, five cities, wherever they were. It wasn't a world. Noah didn't save the world. So from his tragedy, instead of planting and growing and producing a new world, he went into his own pain, he felt bad for himself, ended up cursing his own kids. I, I didn't write this. This is not Rabbi Wallenstein's opinion. It's not like, oh, Rabbi Wallerstein doesn't care about, this is, this, this is, I'm reading to you a medrash, I'm reading to you, I'm reading you what, what the Torah is here to tell us tragedy. There's so much tragedy, the whole Torah is tragedy. This is one, this is one book of tragedy. What good happened in here? Everybody suffered in here. Everybody suffered. Adam did the first Avera, right? His kid, Cain, killed it. I mean, how many people's children, Chazashon, killed their brother? His kid killed his brother. Noah, look what happened to him. He cursed his own kid. His kid made sure he doesn't have any more children. The world was destroyed. Avram Avinu, look what happened to him. He had a smile. He didn't have children for 99 years. Sir Imenu didn't have children for 90 years. Never thought she'd have children in her life. And then they took, and then she saw, she, she saw Yitzchak and then she died because she thought he was having the Akeda. Look at Yitzchak. He was blind. He had an ace of talking about a kid off the derech. Yaakov Dina was raped. Um, Rachel died in childbirth. He, he married the wrong person. They hid him from him. Uh, I mean, Esau tried to kill him. Lavan tried to kill him. <laughs> I mean, who, who had a good life? Moshe Abedin couldn't talk. Yisrael tried to kill him. Pyro tried to kill him. The Jews always said bad about him. Aaron lost two children in front of him. They died in his eyes. Who, who, who? 
Who? Who had, who had a good life? Who had a good life? David Amelech? Avshalom, his own kid tried to kill him. Adonijahu died. Avshalom died. Everyone died. Everyone tried to kill him. Shaul tried to kill him. His wife, every, everyone tried to kill him. Who didn't try to kill David Amelech? Everybody tried to kill David Amelech. Well, who had a good life? Shlomo Amelech had a good life. Who had a good life? The Torah is full of tragedy. Whether they couldn't give birth, whether they couldn't talk, what's his name, Bendel, was, was deaf. Everybody had something. It's a book of tragedies. Of every tragedy you can imagine, and some you can't even imagine. Yosef Atzadik, your brother, your, imagine your brother sold you, any girl in this room, imagine, your brother sold you to some, to some who knows what, down somewhere where no one will ever find you again. And then, and then he gets there, and, and, and what, uh, and, and gets put into jail for 12 years. Yosef Atzadik had a good life. What a good life. Nobody had a good life. So why, why is it terrible full of tragedies? To teach you, that the people who go through tragedies have two choices. Moshe Rabbeinu was a survivor, became Moshe Rabbeinu. Yosef was a survivor, became Yosef Hatzadik. David, David became David Hamelech. David Nobody had a rougher life than David. What did he do with it? Sit back and get drunk? He wrote Tehillim. He wrote Tehillim, which you all say when there's something wrong and you need help. He wrote all the praises of Hashem in... Trap, read to him. I read the whole to him, Read what he writes. This guy's trying to kill me. This guy's raiding for me. This guy. <laughs> the whole to him. Everyone's after him. And he's right. Praise Hashem. To heal Ladovit. To heal Ladovit. To heal Ladovit. Mizma Ladovit. Mizma Ladovit. Mizma Ladovit. The Barachim Avshalom. David Amalek wrote a song when his son Avshalom was chasing him to kill him. So yeah, everybody has that choice. I'm not saying you can judge the people who don't make it. You can't. But this was Noah's biggest mistake. And it's interesting because I got a call last night at 3.30 Eretz roll time. Picked up the phone. Hi, Shalom Aleichem. This is my name. I'm in Kailo in Eretz Yisrael. I'm like, why are you up at 3.30? He goes, I learn for every day. From, I'm married. I learn from 3 to 6 every morning. I said, okay. He said, I said, why are you calling me? He says, Dr. Wallstein, I have to tell you a Dvar Torah, you have to share with your seminary. You have to share with the whole world. Guys, it's 3.30 in the morning, he's calling me, right? I'm like, okay! I need a Chomish. It's here. It's in Beratius. You gotta hear this. I know, I know I'm very, very late, but I want to end off with this. So Yaakov Avinu had a very rough life. Of all the Avos, right? Between Esav and Lavan, Rachel dying in childbirth, and Dina, and losing Yosef, none of the Avos went through what Jacob Avina went through. Nobody, right? Okay. So he comes. Wow. Mom is opened up to the page. This is what this guy tells me last night. So he comes to Paro. He is not looking good. He's looking very depressed. Because he really had a hard life. How old are you? I'm 130 years old. And he shouldn't have said this. They seemed very little and very bad. My life. And I, I didn't. I, I'm not, I, I didn't. I didn't live as long as my 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 father Yitzchak and Avram. And he he left Paro. Okay? Now, if you look at Rashi, why did he ask him how old he was? Because he really looked bad. He really looked bad. He got punished for this. He lost... 33 years. Here, the Rajbam says, Yaakov looked much older than his age. That's why she, he asked him, That's why he asked him, How how, uh, how old are you? Why would he ask him that question? Because he really looked bad. Okay. What was his punishment? He lost 33 years of his life. Why? Because he said 33 words. Let's see. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 26, 27, 28. So according to me, I'm going to have to get the exact words, but he really only said, there's really only 28 letters. There's really only 28. He should have lost 28 years, not 33 years. Why did he lose 33 years? Because the five words where Paro said, you don't look good, he was punished from Hashem because as a tzaddik, you always have to look happy. Because when he came to Paro, and Paro said, oh my God, you look very old, that was an Avera. For him to look old and broken because of his pain, and of his sorrows, a tzaddik can't do that. A tzaddik has to be macabre whatever he's going through, and he has to be happy with life. That Paro saw that he wasn't happy, and that's why he asked him, how old are you? That was an Avera. That a person who's going through a hard time, if you macabre what you're going through from Hashem, you're not allowed to look depressed and upset. That was an Avera. Those five words that Paro said, and Paro said, um, Yaakov, kama yimei shnei chayecha. Yaakov, how old are you? How many years are you? That Paro should have to ask that question means that, that Yaakov looked bad. If Yaakov looked bad, it means he wasn't macabre. He looked bad, it means he wasn't macabre. What he went through, that in itself was an Avera. For him. You're not even look bad. You have to be macabre what you go through, and you have to be basimcha. The bottom line from all this is that the reason that Noach was called an Isha Dama was that he didn't live. He didn't live up to his potential. In other words, instead of saying, "Why did six million Jews die?" The survivor that I know said to me, "That was never my question. That's Hashem's thing. My question is, if six million died, why am I alive? Why did He pick me to be alive? And when I die, I will prove to Hashem that He made a good choice." That was, that's what the survivor told me. So, in other words. When a person goes through a hard time or trauma or whatever it is, and you went through it, why did I go through this trauma? I don't know Hashem. I don't know why. I went through stuff in third grade. I went through stuff in tenth grade. I don't. Now I do know why. Because had I not gone through it, there'd be no seminary. I wouldn't be interested in teaching or anything of that sort. But I do know. I, now I know why. But I did not know why. But the bottom line is, Noah should have come out of there and saying, "Wow, you saved me. You saved my family." Wow, I gotta make this world a better place. Instead he was like, oh, I'm in such pain. I gotta get, I gotta get drunk. And that was a very big mistake. It was a mistake that he ended up cursing his own kids. So if you're in seminary, your potential is amazing. You have amazing teachers, and that, that's my point that I wanna make. You have a year. What are you gonna do with the year? You're gonna be Ishadama? Or you're gonna be like, so why not give me a chance to come to seminary? What am I gonna do with it? So many girls are working. Are your age. They're not in seminary. So many girls are in Israel. But so many girls are working. So they're not in seminary. You have a year to be in seminary. So you have to grab it and use it to grow, crazy grow. 
and change, not only to come to class. That's, that's not, you know, we, we're not a 13th grade. It's, it's not, that's not what you're here for. You're here to learn, but you're also here to make a change and to sit at night and say, you know, I went to this year, whatever it is, so what am I going to change? I'm going to change my life. That's why you're here. And I, I, I think we have an amazing group of girls, and I think there's going to be a lot of changes for growth, and um, we'll see only good things in Mitzvah Shem. Sorry that I, oh, it's still a quarter two, so. Uh, You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.